And uh, I'm trying to close them with all the crafty closes. And he's like, you know what, man, cut, cut the crap. Your shiny marketing brochure is crappy, throws it across his office. I want to know about a time that you screwed up and what you did about it. So I eventually get to telling him the painted baby story, thinking that I'm just committing business sales suicide, right? And that he'd throw me out of his house quicker than he let me in. And he shakes my hand, signs the contract and says, you're the kind of guy that I want to do business with. So Success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. You are on the little blue pill for business, where it's all about getting it up and keeping it up. And of course, we're talking about revenue and profit. We understand that it's all about the six inches between your ears. So I interview some of the hottest people in the industry that are blowing and going, like my friend here, Matt, so that you can get in on some action, because everybody likes a little action. So if you like a little bit of tongue in cheek and not just physically, this podcast is for you. Today, I am in bed with Matt Shoup. Thank you, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me here. <laughs> How are you? I am great. We are going to have a ton of fun. But first off, give everybody kind of the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Yeah, so I live here in northern Colorado with uh, my wife and, and two kiddos, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been just in love with uh, business since I was a 10-year-old. And uh, from there, that went into writing business books and speaking. I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I really incorporate that, a lot of the lessons from that into business and speaking and lessons that I teach. And then I'm a huge fan of Spain. I spent some time there in college, fell in love with it. So I love, uh, I love the coffee. I love the culture. I love the country. And um, that's what I get to do every day. I literally get to drink coffee with really amazing people and share stories, help make their life and their business better. That is awesome. And I know half our listeners went Brazilian and heard waxing. So what is Brazilian it, it is, it is not that kind of Brazilian, but it is still, you're rolling, you're rolling around with, uh, with dudes in pajamas sweating on each other. So it is a little, when you, when you look at it from the outside, you're like, what, what is that? You know, my wife says, you're going to go do what? You're going to go roll with your buddy, Troy in pajamas. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to feel so good about it afterwards. It's going to be great, honey. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, and, you so, say, and you say it relieves stress, right? And, <laughs> and, and helps cope with your day of busy business. <laughs> exactly. There are a whole lot of innuendos going on here. So Totally. Totally are. So I love your lifestyle. So give me kind of a day in the life of Matt. Yeah, you know, I, I wake up usually between 4.30 and 5. Uh, that's my quiet time before the family's up at 6.30. So I hit the gym. Right now, I'm really, on, I'm on a podcast tour. I'm getting around on the podcast app. I'm swiping a lot. Yeah, so, um, yeah, scheduling <laughs> those in the morning. 
and and then I have my morning coffee and then I do my morning coffee video every morning. My wife helps me record that, uh, post it. And then, you know, I get onto my day. So it's a combination right now in the season I'm in. So I just launched a book, a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of meeting with other entrepreneurs here locally. And then a lot of meeting with my team. We're starting to build a lot of foundation. We're going to launch an entrepreneurial community, kind of a mastermind community. I'm going to also be launching a podcast and yeah, just and then I teach jujitsu in the afternoons, go home, hang with the family, and then pretty chill on the weekends. Like I, I really do like my weekend time a lot. Right. Nice. I love that. And you're planning your trip to Spain now, right? Yeah. September, uh, we're going to take between 10 and 12 people over to uh, hike part of the Camino de Santiago. And we're going to do just a really focused on unplugging, disconnecting, recentering, and just revisioning on, on what's important in life and business. So we've got uh, six or seven of us right now that are heading over and yeah, a few spots left. I've hiked that trek, that part of the trail twice. And it's like some of the most beautiful scenery that you'll, that you'll ever see. Nice. I love that. That is amazing. So how is your book launch going and tell us about your book. Yeah. Book launch is going really well. It uh, launched live January 31st and the title of it is uh, painted baby connect with clients through brave and vulnerable storytelling. So the premise of the book is that we are, we're conditioned as, as people and also business leaders to always step forward with perfection. We're always painting this picture of the A plus five star shiny marketing brochure. And it's just not true. Like we can't attain that level of service of, of person. Like we're humans, we make mistakes. And I learned that lesson in a really big way after our painting company, uh, we had a paint sprayer blow up on a job site and we painted a customer's baby. Like the, the mom was standing there with a nine month old baby behind my painter. He's getting ready to spray a door and the paint sprayer just, it's a one, one in a million thing. And, and just, just covers the, the painter, the mom, everything in a 40 foot radius. And like, that's a bad day at the office, right? I don't right. know in, in whatever your listener's business is like, think of one of the worst things that can happen. So that happens, right? Now we have to show what we're made of and, and go, you know, make up for it. So we make everything right. But I'm like, you know what? We're taking the story. We're parking it in the way back of the closet, like behind the skeletons in the closet, right? Business right. personally, we're not sharing it. That's not what you do. Um, three years later, I'm sitting at my biggest sales appointment ever. And the guy across the you know table from me, we've worked together before. Contract is like 15 to 20 times the size of the normal business we do. So it's a big deal. And uh, I'm trying to close them with all the crafty closes. And he's like, you know what, man, cut, cut the crap. Your shiny marketing brochure is crap. He throws it across his office. I want to know about a time that you screwed up and what you did about it. So I eventually get to telling him the painted baby story, thinking that I'm just committing business sales suicide, right? And that he'd throw me out of his house quicker than he let me in. And he shakes my hand, signs the contract and says, you're the kind of guy that I want to do business with. So that led me on this journey of, like, wait a minute, we're conditioned to sell this way, communicate this way, build relationships this way. What just happened here? And and then we started duplicating and replicating, sharing this story. And it like raised our bottom line, our close rate, 10 to 15%. Wow, that is yeah. awesome. So a yeah. few things I'm hearing in there, one, three years <laughs> waiting. Because um, oftentimes telling people about your trauma in the trauma does more harm than good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be careful about that. You need to be far yeah. enough away, removed to be a little emotionally disconnected from it and have learned the lessons from it. 
Nice. And I assume that took a more than kind of the half hour it took to <laughs> to start cleaning up that mess. I can't imagine how long it took to clean up. Oh, that half hour. Mess. I mean, I, I roll up, I roll up myself to the job site and one of the, the paint crew gloss right there, pair of brothers, he's standing at the truck covered in paint, drop sheets, paint trail going up the driveway. It's black semi-gloss paint. I, I roll up the driveway through the gate, rowels down, hands and knees. It's it's like, you know, when you have such a mess, you just don't know where to start cleaning it up. It's right. it's that kind of disaster. And, and he's scrubbing. I mean, there's paint everywhere. So it was it was three, four days of all of us back there replacing flagstone, you know, cleaning, scrubbing, power washing. It was it was crazy. But like first thing is like baby, right? Like don't well, forget yeah. about the baby. It's little little baby got painted. And um she was okay and Yay. you know we continue to make sure that she was okay nice so yeah oh my god yeah i can just imagine you know trying to take paint remover to flagstone and then dissolving the flagstone <laughs> just causing more problems than you we started. got to a point where it's like yeah we're just gonna buy new flagstone it was, it was a couple thousand dollars worth of worth of um you know materials around the home and then yeah. i think mama was wearing 437 dollars worth of clothes at noon on a tuesday so i don't know if that's a lot but <laughs> t-shirt and I, I don't and it, it was just she was very dressed you're pretty very much dressed there up, you know yeah so <laughs> i have like four dollars worth of clothes on when i'm running you know running paint crews and stuff oh that hurts oh that hurts yeah but the, well, the point of that right is yeah. like like let's transition this because there's perfection. tons of people that you know yes. the shit hits the fan the shit hits the fan like yeah. and proverbially or literally in this case like how yeah. how do you turn that into a positive thing in front of a customer especially when most customers mm -hmm. just want to hear the glossy version i just want to hear that you're going to do my job perfectly yeah. i don't want to hear how bad this is going to screw up because then i'm thinking about is should we yeah. be moving this furniture out of the room <laughs> yeah and, and it's funny because it's it's the thing like so i have this 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 wake-up experience whoa i just land the biggest job of my career I shared paint a baby story. One plus one is two. So I go out the next week and I have eight, nine appointments. And that's all I wanted to do was share painted baby. None of them closed. None of them moved forward. So there's, there's a time and a place and a point in the sales process of you're still, you know, meeting, connecting, building rapport, seeing if you're a good fit, if you guys should, you know, be talking about doing business together. So it's the discovery process. And then you get into like, hey, here is the shiny marketing brochure. There's, here's why we're great. We've done hundreds or thousands of jobs, worked with these clients. We've done great work, but that's where most companies stop, right? They do feature, benefit, tie back to the need, pre-close, close, and then everything's good. But what you've just done when you do that, and you'll close business that way. Like business wasn't bad before we told Paint Baby. Paint Baby just made it better. But you set this expectation of perfection and there's going to be a time when you don't meet it. So right before you close, right before you ask for the business, the way I share Painted Baby, I say, hey, um, I want to ask you for your business, but I know I've done a really good job, I hope, um, you know, lining out why we're a great company. But can I just share about a time that we screwed up and people, they, they kind of look confused and then they lean in and that's the cue. And you say, hey, we painted a baby once. Can I tell you about that? So you have to have a great hook. And, and they, oh, nobody's ever said no. Nobody says, no, I don't want right. to hear that. Let me just give you my money and let's paint the house. So you then share the story. And there is a process in having a hook, a storyline, somebody that experiences this moment of stress or peril and they have to make a decision and then show up to show that customer what, what they're made of. But the story has to be based on 
you know, how can I show that customer that they can trust me when shit hits the fan? Because you're right. Um, you love reality TV. So do I. Like, I love watching your train wreck. You love watching mine. But you don't want to be in front of the train. So, like, we're attracted and drawn to that as humans. Um, they just want to know, hey, what's going to happen if this was me? And, and then it just it creates this. It lowers the bar because you're saying, hey, like, we're, we're talking about here, but here's where it's been. So if you fall into that space where you're missing that mark, it gives some space and grace from the customer in that relationship to, to know that you're going to make it right. So, um, but yeah, don't go out and only show that, but just think about, you know, think about the story that your competition could get a hold of that could sink you. Um, if you tell it first, you control the narrative and then you kind of leave them speechless in a way. So it, it's been, it's been very powerful in the business, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun story within the book, I really created this framework of how you go through the process. I call it capture, craft, and communicate the three C's of storytelling. So Nice. So when you're going through the book and, and telling kind of working, are you working with people? Is it kind of like workbook-ish in that somebody that's reading it can go through and go, okay, don't have any babies, but you know, we have enough stuff that, you know, you don't want your competition telling the story first. And if that's yeah. kind of the premise of it, you can start with you know, where you feel safest in that and then kind of yeah. move your way forward. Yeah. I, I as, as, as an author and then a reader of books, I, I don't want to say I don't like or hate. It's a strong word, but it's really frustrating to read these very inspirational rah-rah books where there's no practicality, there's no logistical frameworks or steps. So what this book is, is it's, it's I share my painted baby story and I, and I set it up, but then I'm sharing all of these other stories of other entrepreneurs, leaders. I mean, I've got a pastor. He was a four-time felon. Now he's a full-time pastor. All of these people that just went through really crazy experiences and stories, but then those all make a point of, listen, there is a framework to telling a story. There's doubts you're going to have as an entrepreneur. Like, why the hell would I do this? Like, I'm running a multi-million dollar company. It's profitable. You're telling me that I want to rock that boat and go share in perfection. And I'm saying, yes, you do. And, and here's the here's the value of it. So I take readers through two sets of three different C's. The first one are the three C's of changing your story. So it's getting called out and considering where you want to continue telling your story in the future and how, and then committing to change. And that's what happened in that engagement with my customer, Bill. He called he called bullshit on me. And then I said, hey, you know, if I keep doing business this way, where's this going to take me? And then I said, let's do it a different way. And then the next three C's, it's that capture, craft, communicate. I literally take you through the, the recipe, per se, of, of building a great story. And it doesn't have to be a business story. It could be a personal story um, as long as it ties into showing your customer that they can trust you at the end of the day. Nice. So in, in somebody's experiences, what if their client didn't give them the opportunity to make it right? Because your client obviously gave you the yeah. opportunity to make it right, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Some of them just don't have that <laughs> wherewithal. Is there a way no, to turn well, that around? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like if you set the expectation of, hey, we're A plus five star, shiny marketing, everything's going to be awesome. And then you paint their baby, they're going to say, get the F out. Like you said this, you gave me this, there's no room in that, that to me, uh, I think it depends on that customer's ability to give some forgiveness, grace, space. Um, but when you lower the bar in a way, you underpromise in a way, it just, it gives you that. But the first thing you have to do is, hey, we screwed this up. We painted the wrong house once. 
this is almost as good as painted baby. We, I literally sent my paint crew out to a house and it's the right color. It's the wrong house. They prepped it, scraped it, caulked it, masked it. They trimmed Mrs. Jones's bushes and they're sitting there on the, on the front, you know, front porch saying, where's the paint? Well, it's on the front porch, dude. No, it's not on the front porch. It's next to the flower pot. There's no flower pot. Oh shit, wrong house. So the, the point with that is, um, hey, Mr. Homeowner, I sat in his driveway right in front of his house until he pulls home about five o'clock. Like imagine you pull home and you're like, honey, um, did you did you sign a paint contract? And no, Over and he got out. He was, he was pissed. He was so pissed. And um, I said, listen, uh -huh. we really screwed up. There is a 2712 on the drive and the court of the same street in this neighborhood. And we were supposed to be over there. I'm going to paint your house. I'm going to paint your house for free. You pick the color. I'll do an extra coat, full warranty. Like you don't have to pay for it. I am so sorry. And he was pissed, but he gave me that chance. If, if he right. didn't give me the chance, it's like, well, I'm not, not willing to do this. And if you don't allow me to do it, there, there's nothing you can do. There'll be people like that. They're not going to forgive you. They're, they're not going to understand the humanness of the situation. And, and that's really on them. Yeah. So, so yeah. I can't imagine coming home and having somebody magically paint my house. I'm like, sweet. Well, it's very, it's very fitting for this podcast, especially like my kids cannot listen to the little blue pill podcast, but no. <laughs> we, we at the time had been really marketing. So we were doing door hangers and sign spinners and crazy stuff. It was like that guerrilla marketing and he steps out and he's like, Oh, M and E painting, huh? He goes, I knew you guys were effing marketing whores, but is this one of the ways that you get business? You just go randomly go up and start painting people's houses. And I'm like, internally, I'm thinking, well, I'll try anything once. Like, I want to see the return on investment on this. I didn't do it on purpose. And, but, but we ended up, so like but we ended up work. when shit hits the fan though, people are going to respond at high emotional, intense levels, painted baby, fear, chaos, right? This guy, anger, frustration, and you have to understand, you know, certain people are going to go to certain things. Angry people get angry, scared people get scared, uncertain people get uncertain, and you have to know how to deal with that, but you have to kind of let that subside just a little bit and then be a, I call it a step-down transformer. You know, I was freaking out inside, but I was like, okay, Mrs. Angelo, um, how's your daughter? Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, we almost killed a bit. So you have to just turn, turn that volume down on that engagement, especially emotionally. Well, but you also brought up some fantastic points when it comes to sales and understanding how people react and how to deal with that reaction. Because so many people yeah. go into business and they don't understand the psychology of sales and understandably, because that's not what they went into business for. But once you've been around you know, the block a while, it is a very valuable piece of information to go and look into because if you can understand that someone's in fear and, and that you deal with them in fear and differently than you deal with somebody who's yeah. scared, sounds the same, not the same. Um, and certainly anger is not. And certainly with me, it would be optimism. It's like, hey, honey, we got a half price hey, off the paint. Sweet. We, we get to pick some <laughs> new already... paint colors today, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, one of the things that I've learned too, especially because I was not always this way, and this is where the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu has really, really helped me is, you know, the person that controls their emotions in an engagement, a conversation, a stressful situation, a fight, whatever that is, they, they ultimately control that, that scenario most of the time. So um, being in that space to where, you know, you're under a lot of pressure, somebody's trying to strangle you. And you're just relaxing, you're breathing, you're waiting for them to make a move and they're freaking out. 
you can take advantage of that. Not that you're in business to take advantage, but when when somebody just loses their shit emotionally, um, it, you it's, gotta be able it's to hard wait to wait for the opportunity to be able to go yeah. in. Because if you go in yeah. too fast going, hey, hey, we're sorry, that just mm -hmm. elevates some people and, mm -hmm. and you don't want to be doing that. So, yeah, it's yeah, we had a deal once where uh, ours, our paint crew, they screwed, they screwed up the job. It was a bad job. They should, they, you know, they made a mess. And the guy just, he, he was real calm, but he was one of those like calm, like a bomb kind of, kind of guys. And yeah. he goes, Matt, he goes, I don't want to effing talk to you right now. I just need 24 hours to take this all in. And and, and I was start, well, well, let's handle this. I want to get to, he's like, no, he's like, listen, I'm going to say this one more time. And then, and then that, that, that made sense to me. So I said, sir, you got it. I'll call you in 24 hours. Exactly. Not a minute later, not a minute earlier. And, you know, and he needed that space. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and it's good that somebody has wherewithal to be able to tell you that because <laughs> some people mm -hmm. don't. And it's like, I will yeah, lose my mind. And it's happening. Yeah. No, I think we all have those. I think we all have those moments as entrepreneurs and leaders where we just lose our, we just lose our cool. We look back on that engagement. I've been there, you know, in the 20, 25 years of business and you just get better at it. Just get better at it every day. So yeah, no, Painted Baby has been a really fun story to tell. The, the readers of the book have really loved the book and, and I'm, I'm excited just to keep, to keep sharing it. And my daughter's on the cover. So oh, you know, anybody that buys a book, she makes like a quarter or something, something like that. She shook me down. She was at the book signing, signing books. She's literally sitting next to me. She's all outgoing and sassy. And she's like, you want me to sign the book? I'm painted baby. And the line literally goes like over to her. Stole the show. I like her already. Yeah, we'll have to get her on. She'll, she'll be on a podcast soon, I'm sure. All right. Not this one, though. Not this one. No, probably not. Not yet. You know, we have others. It's all good. Happy to offend you right. would work for. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know you're my dad, but I'm better. <laughs> she, yeah, she's she's a, she's a savage, man. It's awesome. Oh, fun. I love that. And so when you're working with people now, how do you, what's your kind of favorite way to bring them in and, and how do you work with people? With, yeah, with mattshop.com. So, so everybody that finds me, however they find me, I've got a set of free tools on my website. So they end up subscribing to those. I write, I do my morning coffee videos, weekly blogs, and then I just end up connecting with people. They, they buy my book. Um, I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching for a while, but I feel like we can, we as a team can provide more value to people with the community. So yeah. everything just starts by coming to the site, getting to know me a little bit and nice. um, so you know, you hearing my story. Coaching programs or like we, what are you, you know, offering right now? Building, you know, we don't have anything that's that's officially being offered right now. Okay. Um, I've I've always loved group coaching, mastermind, forum type types of scenarios. I was in uh, entrepreneurs organization for a number of years, nice. so I just love that power in the group and the perspective and the experience shares. So we're looking just to create a network of entrepreneurs where we do monthly group coaching calls bring in speakers, throw an annual summit or event where everybody comes here to Northern Colorado um, and just give, give people resources and tools to empower them and educate them and just inspire them to grow their business. Cause it's, it's lonely. Like we're sitting here having fun on a podcast, but you and I both might turn around at the end of this, if we're not going on or hosting any more podcasts, and it's just lonely. You have a lot of stuff to do. People, some people don't understand what, what we're going through. And then, you know, I come home, my wife is super supportive, but She's not in the trenches of business every day. So just, just certain things that only other entrepreneurs can understand. Absolutely. And and there's so many things, so many opportunities when people don't, um, if they don't have a supportive wife or if, or a partner, 
and or the partner just doesn't understand business it's like well i operate this way like why would you even do that why would you even like why even worried about that stuff i don't get it and it's it's it can be very difficult for people that that aren't in that and don't understand that so i appreciate you saying that i also want to talk to you about some people get to the business where they're like hey i just want to make x amount of dollars or i just want to have x amount of trucks in my fleet or i just want to have whatever they get there and then they're like okay i'm done right what do you say to that if if that fulfills your vision yeah no you know i think the um i want to be careful about how i say this I, i feel like there's three levels to business right so whether you get fired from a job or you're dreaming of starting a business level one is you start it and you're working more and you're working harder to grow the business that's level one you grow it you're you're doing the work um you're you're trapped in that business it doesn't grow without you so there's there's some issues there that can transpire some people like that some people they're control freaks they never want to let go they don't want to work with other people they want to be self-employed make six figures a year and they're happy awesome um, level two is you're you're scaling the business, so you're hiring people, giving them roles and responsibilities, and you know stepping out of the things that you don't like or don't want to do, and you can have some freedom there, right? You can have some time freedom. You can leverage other people and other resources. Um, the business will run without you. It will not grow without you, though. So that's that. That's that third level. So my only encouragement is like if you're if you're happy with where you're at, you have some team members, you're making some good money. And you can step away for two weeks and have a vacation and you like that great lifestyle. The question is like, what if you get hit by a bus, right? What if, what if I go to Spain and get, get kidnapped and don't ever come back or just decide to stay there? Don't ever, don't ever come back. He's like um, fantasizing about, <laughs> oh, and then this princess came and took me away. No, it's with my wife no and kids. No, Sp- no Spanish princess. No Spanish princess. <laughs> <laughs> that third level though and i got challenged with this the other day like we we spent a summer in spain eight weeks and things went fine but will the business grow without you so that third level is is building that's when you are just relentlessly investing in people and building their skill set and giving them you know so much authority role rope c- control to run the business to where they can make those decisions with without you so what I'd say at each one of those three levels, it's whatever whatever makes you happy. And if you built a vision for that and you're happy with where you are, great. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to grow more. You need to do this more. Just understand you need to answer those questions at each level and understand where those pressure points are. And if you're okay with that, great. If you're not and you don't know how to get there, you got to bridge the gap with those resources and, and you got to learn. Nice. Love it. Yeah. So... um. Well, yeah, let's talk about how do people get a hold of you? So what is your website? Yeah. I know peeps, you know, it's in the links. You can scroll down and go and find mm-hmm. Matt's info, but give it to us again, just in case you're listening. Yeah, yeah it's mattshalk.com. So every, everything's there on the website. Love it, love it, love it. So when it comes to your business, what do you find is most effective for helping you get it up and keep it up on a daily basis? Whatever that staying, means to you. <laughs> yeah, love it. No, staying <laughs> staying focused and centered on on passion and purpose. Um, you know, you, you can have long, hard days of business, but you've got to stay focused on like, why am sometimes I doing those this? Are good. Why, right? Sometimes, sometimes those are. Uh, but why, like, why do I get up every day? What is the, what is the story? What is the legacy? There's got to be a bigger picture drive, passion that, that will overrun those days where you're just worn out. Like I mean, a couple of days ago, came home, I just crashed like five o'clock, boom, just crashed on the couch. And you just got to remember why you're doing this. And, and I'd also say, remember that things just take more time than you think it's going to take. 
Um, every every business that that we've grown has taken a lot more time than than we think on paper when we initially put it on paper. Nice, love that. So. I get to ask you, and I'm going to ask you again. I know you mentioned that you started when you were 10, but at what point in life did you know you're special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Special kind of crazy enough. It was it was that March Tuesday morning, 2005. I got told put all your shit in a box from a bank president. Got fired from a job, and I might I might have shared this on on our other podcast, but uh, yeah, I, I was at a job that I hated, and and I had my my JV experience mowing lawns as as a 10 year old making some cash for a boom box, but. I, I stood there at that moment and I'm like, I'm never going to work for somebody again, never going to work for somebody like this. I am a business owner. I'm going to figure that out. And, and it was it was a have to at that point. It wasn't a, hey, I might want to, I should, might be cool. I had to make it happen. And um, I think I was too young, angry and naive to know any different about the journey that I was about to go on. I just went out hard headed like a bull just just driving forward so but but that was that was the day i mean that was the turning point in that journey for me i love it so in your entrepreneurial journey have there been any bloopers that uh you're like oh that was bad but damn that was funny (laughs) i i do and and i'd love to share this and we kind of started talking about this when when we were talking about about spouses one of the things that i've loved to um learn and i got like formally certified in this it's um, leadership language, it's personality profiles. So I'm certified in inner metrics to implement and understand a DISC survey and then the human motivators index. It's like an iceberg, right? It's the observable behavioral tendencies. So is this person assertive, angry, aggressive, or are they scared, fearful, pragmatic, right? And to the degree you can understand that, you can make adaptions. And my wife and I do something called couples night. So we'll bring couples in we, we bring in some dinner, they all take the surveys and we just talk about what it means in relationship and business. So I always open that event though, is when I was a study abroad student back in Spain, um, I'm, I'm a foot taller than everybody in the country, pasty skin, like they know I'm not from Spain, very uncomfortable. The food was different. The time you ate it was different. Everything was different about the country, but I could always get like some comfort by knowing that there was a McDonald's in the center plaza of just about any decently major city or suburb. So they had those little 50 cent ice cream cones like back in the early 2000s. And it's a hot April afternoon and I'm stressed. I'm like, I'm gonna go get an ice cream cone. This will be perfect. So I walk in. Do you speak Spanish? Un poquito. Un poquito. So you might, <laughs> you might, this might give the answer away. So I walk in, I'm 19, I'm single. And there's this very attractive 19, 20 year old single, like Spanish girl working there. So she says, hola. And then says, dime, which is just tell me, it just means give me your order. And I'm supposed to order a cone of ice cream. That's how you pragmatically or, or phonetically, sorry, say um, ice cream cone. It's cono de helado, cone of ice cream. Um, Spanish has that little squiggly line over the N. So Espanol has a little squiggly. It makes the N a ñ and ya. So instead of ordering a cono, I ordered a coño de helado. So instead of a cone of ice cream or an ice cream cone, I, I walk right up to her, stare her straight in the face. And I said, hey, I want an ice cream vagina. immediately and and i and and i was even probably thinking going up don't say coño don't say coño because coño in spain they'll yell like coño it just means like fuck it's an expletive so you say coño it's it's like the f word right but the literal translation if i ask for that is what i asked for so i get i get red i step back her jaw hits the floor and she's like caballero 
third, I mean, sir, caballero, cowboy. She goes, that's going to cost you more than 50 cents. And she knew, like she knew I wasn't trying to pick up on her or, or, or was I? <laughs> Uh, but, or were you? And, and then, and I'm pretty then sure that's said, why you're going. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it right. Okay, it's like you what you focus you on will, will present itself. So a little little neurolinguistic <laughs> uh, psychology lesson too. So and then and then she says, "You want it for here to go?" You know, like just didn't skip a beat. And I'm My just place there. Yours. Of, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And um, I will not share what happened after that. My wife's given me full permission to tell tell the story to to everybody. But the point of that uh -huh. right is like a little squiggly letter. Like a little mm -hmm. squiggly line just changes the sound of a word, changes the word, changes the conversation. So business relationships, when you have just a little mismatch, like you're being just a little too assertive for somebody, a little too aggressive, they're a little fearful and you're trying to solve the problem because you're a fixer and they want the, the answers and the solutions and the process and you miss that. You know, sometimes you land on a different planet. Sometimes it's just a squiggly letter over the end, but it definitely changes what I asked for and what. And sometimes could have been it's served, just simply right? Freudian and it all works out. Or, or, or was it? You know, the world exactly. will never you know. You knew that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> and it was funny because I never, I never saw her again. I went back, I went back into the Aww. McDonald's. I'm like, hey, maybe this is the start of my friendship or something, you know, with, yep. with this gal. And she, I think she quit after that. I think, yeah. <laughs> She became a stripper. She's like, there's way more money out there. <laughs> she has this brutal core memory. She's like, I remember the day this guy ordered it. That was my life was never the same. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh yeah, but that, you that have was been it was an embarrassing story. Worst story, uh, you know, gr grammatically as a as a Spanish or another language speaker. Every everybody has those, and um, they're fun. They're fun. <laughs> they, Hope it makes your life and business better, guys. Right. Go, go do it in a foreign language for a while and you'll get over yourself. You start laughing Absolutely. at it. It's like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. I get it. It's not that big of a deal. Nice. So often we take ourselves just a little too seriously. We do so and no, in this, in this podcast, right. As, as well, I don't know if you call it PG 13 or R rated as it is. It's fun. This, you know, like this, this one has been, this one has been a lot of fun. So I really, I really enjoy that you put it together this way. And uh, no, I've had a lot of fun hanging with you today. Uh -huh. Awesome. Thank you. You have been amazing. So any last words for our peeps? Happy birthday to you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy the for birthday. For those of you listening, it is not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to send me now. gifts tomorrow, I'm totally up for that. I could not care less. Yeah, every day's birthday. <laughs> exactly. Every tomorrow is my birthday. So feel free to send me gifts. <laughs> the peeps, you know me too well. Awesome. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable your time is. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. you having me here. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast app so we can help you get it up and keep it up when you need me because we love having you here. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.